You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Let's jump into the message. Last week, quick recap, we talked about unshakable faith. And the way that we define faith is is. Um, what God has brought you from, what he's bringing you to, and everything in between. So your faith is a vital part of who you are. In fact, we, we uncover this idea that, that your faith should not be viewed through the lens of a cause, but a calling. And when I can do that, when I can begin to see my faith through the lens of a calling, the difference between cause and calling comes down to this one word, surrender. And so I thought, man, why don't we start off this new year just talking about what it means to surrender to Jesus? One person. Don't worry. Hey, my hype crowd, they'll, they'll warm up. They'll get it. Um, they just, they had to wake up earlier than you, right? And so they're probably at home judging like, oh, if I was there, I would have been, you're not though, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, there it is. Now they're doing it for no reason. <laughs> uh, so we're just having fun. So uh, we're going to jump into the passage that we read last week, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. But I want to I focus in on verse 24. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. This is the message translation because it helps me understand what it's talking about a little bit easier. And I think we have it. That's okay. I have it on my paper. Oh, there it is. Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Let's just pause right there. Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. I love that. Let that sink in. He goes on to say, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. Has to let me lead. Go ahead and type that in your chat. You're not in the driver's seat. He says, I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. And here, here's the key chunk of the verse. He says, follow me, and I will show you how. And so what I want us to do is, is to see how Jesus a lot, uh, teaches us to follow him, to let him take the lead. So this week we're looking at that. I'm going to pray. I know we just prayed. This is the third time we prayed in like probably five minutes. But <laughs> uh, yes, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. God, we thank you that you never have enough prayer from us. And, and so where people think we pray too much, we're just setting a standard <laughs> in faith. God, we love you. We really do. God, we honor you this morning. God, we thank you for who you are in our lives. God, I pray that the next moments that we have together, God, that you would speak to our heart. God, you would speak to our mind. God, that, that what you have to say to us, God, that it would challenge us. It would provoke. It, it would spark something inside of us, God, to want to change, to not want to be the same, but to leave different. God, we want to leave different but not because of our own benefit, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. And so we thank you. We love you. Come on, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. amen. 
Hey, so I'm just going to share something with you that, that's, uh, that, that is, I, let me just say this. I don't like being the passenger in the car. <laughs> I don't. I don't like being the passenger in the car. A uh, couple reasons why I prefer to be the driver. Uh, first reason is this, is like I shared last week, I get motion sickness. So if I sit anywhere besides the driver's seat, like, I can't, like, you just got to roll down the windows. I get cars sick. It's, it's not pretty. The other reasons why uh, I prefer to drive rather than be the passenger is because, quite frankly, I drive better than you. In fact, in fact, the reason why I prefer to be the driver instead of the passenger is because I have more control over the car than you probably do. Um, the reason why I like to drive rather than you is because, uh, frankly, uh, you're not as aware as I am on the road. I'm just saying it. I'm just saying it. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. But here's what's so funny. Here's what's funny is that I guarantee you, you at home and those that are in here this morning, I guarantee you. That when I said I'm the best driver in the world, you said, beep, right? Like, you are not, right? Because here's why. Because you said, no, I'm the best driver in the world. And when I said I'm the best driver and I drive the best, you're like, no, Pastor John, you don't understand. I'm the best driver in the world. I am more aware than you are. Now, Without putting words in your mouth, which I just did, but without putting more words in your mouth, um, I think the reason why uh, we have this tendency to want to be the driver is because, frankly, we like control. We like control. We like to be the one in control. We like to be the one that's driving that determines how fast or how slow I'm going to go. Have you ever noticed no one drives exactly the way that you want them to when you're in the passenger seat? You're driving too slow, Jimmy. You're driving too fast, Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know who Jimmy is, but <laughs> he's someone, right? <laughs> I almost said Karen. Um, I can't use that one. Um, focus, John. Focus, John. Focus. Like we, like we all, we we all just want control. We we want to be the one to say, "Hey, if I want to tailgate, I'm a tailgate." But you're not going to tailgate. What is that noise? It's my son. That's awkward. Like, I want control. I want control when I'm driving. I want control when I'm driving, just like how you want control when you're driving. Now, here's why I say this. Here's why I bring this up. I actually think the biggest reason why faith that is fully surrendered is so hard is because we don't like to give up control. I'll say that again. I think the reason why we have such a hard time being fully surrendered is because we don't like to give up 
control. And it's interesting because it's, is, it's as if Jesus knew this idea. It's as if Jesus knew the tendency of the human heart. Because in the verse that we just read, he said to his disciples, hey, I want you to come follow me. But before you follow me, you need to know something. He says, I need you to understand that you're not in the driver's seat. I am. To which, if the disciples lived in 2021 today, they would have been like, I'm so offended. You want to control me? You want me to, so, oh, triggered. Jesus, I'm triggered. 2021, hello. Why? Because there's this natural tension that occurs when two parties who want to be in control collide. There's a tension that happens when you want control, but then Jesus is like, hey, I want control. You're like, but it's not working. Here's the interesting thing. In case you didn't know, this idea of giving up control, that is actually what we call salvation. Like this idea of giving up control is actually the very bedrock of what we say when, when, we at, when, we, when we're like, hey, Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. That word Lord, we like to say the word boss. And so it's like we're saying, Jesus, I want you to be the boss over my life. And so literally the moment we pray this, here's what God was expecting for us to say, Jesus, be the boss of my life. And then all of a sudden, we're now under the control of him. But for those of you that have been a Christian for any stretch of time, you understand that nothing can be harder. And if you're saying it's not hard, then you're doing it wrong. control. In fact, it's hard. Here, here's what the Apostle Paul writes in uh, Romans chapter 7. Apostle Paul wrote 13 books, 13 letters, books in the New Testament. He, he is like the guy of all guys. He, I mean, he has a testimony that can rival anyone. And here's what he writes. He's actually dealing with the same thing, the same difficulty of learning to give control over to where control should be given. He says this, Romans 7, verse 15, I don't really understand myself. Come on, we could just stop there. We could pray and then uh, talk about application. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Come on, how many can relate? Yeah. Show of hands in here, online type me. No, don't do that. You, I mean, you could, but it's dark in here, so we can't see hands. We could read your comments. Um, I don't really understand myself, or I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And so here is the Apostle Paul, the guy that has the, just the, the track record of, of being a model disciple Christian. And here he is, and he's like, guys, I get it. I get it. It's hard. Every time I want to give control over to God, 
Like it's hard. Like I, I pull it back. It's super, like I don't understand. This is what Paul is saying right here. He's like, every time I want to, to, to give you control, like my human tendencies, he uses the word flesh, wants to take it back. Remember, because there's tension when two parties that both want control collide. A collision is happening. A tension is forming. See, we can understand this idea because if we're honest, we do this a lot too. On Sundays, we come into church, we're like, God, I give you everything. Oh, <laughs> someone mute that kid. <laughs> We're like, <laughs> this mic's about to die. I need to switch mics, guys. Check one, two. Chris, so I'm leaving the th this mic and I'm going to uh, the one that the vocal was on. And so here, here, God, so many distractions, huh? It's all right. What did Peter say last week? Get, or Jesus, get behind me, Satan. Right? Like, <laughs> not calling my kid the devil. Um, <clears throat> guys, let's just pray. We're done. Father, I... So Paul, Romans 7, 15, he said, I don't really understand myself for I want to do what I, I, excuse me, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. So he's like, I understand the tension. I understand what's going on. And here's what it's like. This is what it's like to put it into practical application. It's like this on Sunday morning. We're like, Jesus, I give you everything. You have full control over my life here that actually wait hold on <laughs> hold on there's like this really cute girl <laughs> like I know she's dangerous but just just you have everything else but that okay all right but here you you have control God I give you control but actually <laughs> there my coworker, my boss, like they're annoying, they're, they're, they're irritating me, so I'm going to be angry at them, and I'm not going to forgive him, but, but everything else, God, you have control over. You have control. Bless you. Thank you. Wait a second. God, I just, and, and we go back and forth. Why? It's not your fault. We have tension. There, there's this, I, like Paul identifies it as flesh. I would call it the human tendencies of life. And here is uh, God, the spirit, like, and they're competing for control. And it's hard because everything inside of me does not want to give up control over me. Nothing in my life. Wants to give up control over my choices, over my words, over my thoughts, over my decision. Nothing. 
But Jesus said, if you want to follow me, he said, I'm in the driver's seat, not you, not me. And so I wonder this morning if, if we could change the way that we see control, I wonder if it can help us be more willing to surrender our control. See, here's what I've discovered. The more and more I relinquish control, the harder it gets. One person in my hype crowd. <clears throat> you like how I call you guys my hype crowd? I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but the, the more and more I relinquish control, the harder it is. And the reason for that, I think, is because the less say-so I have. So I hate giving control. I, I like the idea of it, but I actually don't like doing it, giving control to God. Because the more I give God of me, the more I, I'm like, here, God, the more control you have, the less say I have. The less say I have in how I treat people. The less, I, the less say I have in how I respond to people. The less I have to say with my actions. The less, less I have to say with the words I choose. And so it is so hard for me to give control to God. It gets harder. The more control I relinquish, the harder it becomes. But what if, what if, what if it's not? What if it's not just harder, but what if we begin to look at relinquishing control not as something that is hard, but something that is more rewarding? And so this morning in the last couple moments that I have together, I want to give you three reasons why I think control can be more, uh, relinquishing control could be more rewarding. And here it is, number one for all you note takers, number one. Less weight to carry. The first reason why relinquishing control is more rewarding is because it's less weight that I have to carry, that you have to carry. Just think about this. Think about this. Like from the very beginning of time, from the creation of Adam and Eve, God set them up, man. From the very beginning of creation, human, mankind, was never created to carry and bear the weight and load that you and I carry right now. Never. You read through scripture in, in the story of creation, God said, Adam, you have some work, but it wasn't intense work. It wasn't until they sinned, they got kicked out of the garden, when all of a sudden God was like, okay, now you're really going to have to work. Now you're really going to have to carry the weight of, of the world around you. Now, you. now you're going to have to deal with the hard stuff. But in the very, our very natural state of what God intended, like we weren't made to carry this. And then Adam and Eve sinned. Like they had it. They sinned. And, and then now, like from, from that point on, Man, woman, they were responsible for, for everything. They now understood the weight of anxiousness. They now understood what fear was. They now understood, like their eyes were opened. 
until Jesus came. And it's as if God was like, okay, now is the time. I see the hardship. I see the pain of of, of humanity. And he sends us Jesus to come and not to just be our Savior, but also to carry our weight, to carry our load, to carry the baggage. Check this out. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary, And carry heavy burdens. Is that anyone this morning? He said, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle. That doesn't really seem like a humble statement. But never mind. (laughs) At heart. And you will find rest for your souls. I love this. For my yoke is easy. To bear. For my yoke is easy to bear. Listen, Jesus came not just to be your Savior, but to carry your heavy load. If I can learn to give him full control, I'm not just really like, it's not just hard, but it's beneficial because I'm like God or Jesus, here, here is all my baggage. See, some of us were dragging baggage of people that were hurting us from the past. And we're carrying it around. Everywhere we go, we're dragging it with us. We're carrying past hurts, past frustrations. We're carrying fear. We're carrying anxiety with us. But I need you to know this morning, you were not meant to carry those things. That Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come on. It's less weight to carry. So the first reason why relinquishing control is more rewarding is because it's less weight to carry. Here is the second thing. It adds for greater capacity for clarity. Greater capacity for clarity. Here's here's just the fact of the matter. You and I, we all have limitations. We all have caps on how we filter and how we view things. And so I'm more apt to respond to my situation based off of how I can process or understand it. And so if I can't process or understand it the right way, bad things happen. See, because my emotions are tied to the way that I understand things. And so when I face a situation, all of a sudden, I'm processing it it through the way that I understand it, which means that it's going to trigger my emotions in a way that I probably shouldn't let it respond to. That Like, think about it. Just everything that you go through, everything that you face, you're processing it through how you understand it. You're processing it through how you saw mom and dad deal with it. You're processing how how grandma dealt with it. You're you're processing processing it through how your best friend handled it, how your your brother or sister handled it. And we process these things, these situations through our understanding and through our emotions. The only problem is, as I said already, there's a limit and there's a cap. And so I need to learn to understand when I see a situation to not respond to it based off of the emotions that it brings. Like we are emotional creatures. 
And if we always try to see how to see life, to see our situations through our emotions, through our understanding, we will constantly be disappointed. We will constantly be, be disappointed because it never turns out the way we want to because it always blows up in our face. And so if, I, if I'm going to do this thing right, I need to see my situation not through how I process it, but through the lens of someone who is greater than me. Someone who has a greater capacity to see things. I love this scripture in Isaiah 55. It says, this is God speaking, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. He says, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways, watch this, are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I need to tap into some thoughts that are greater than my thoughts. I need to tap into some emotions that are more stable than my emotions. I need to begin to process my situation through greater clarity. And when I could learn to surrender my control, I could learn to gain greater clarity over my situation. So number one, the three reasons why relinquishing control is more rewarding. The first one is it's less weight to carry. The second one, there's a greater capacity for clarity. And the third and final one, and we could have the keys come up. Third and final one is this, alignment with the author. Alignment with the author. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 through 2. I love this verse. We're going to read chapter one, or verse 1 for, for context, but, the, but what I really want to bring out is in verse 2. So here it is. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a crowd of witnesses, and he's referring to what took place in chapter 11, uh, where, where it was the, the, the forefathers of, of all those who were in faith. He's, he's mentioning those people. To the life of faith, Watch this. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. What is he doing right there? He, he's letting us know that there, there's tension. There's something competing for control. This idea of sin, it's trying to lure you in. It's trying to say, hey, you don't want to give God control because I am way better. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So there's something that God has set before you. And here's verse 2. We do this. We do what? What do, what, do, what do we do? We run this race with endurance. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Watch this. Watch this. The author, hello, and finisher of our faith. The author and finisher of your faith. The author and finisher of your faith. What is your faith? It's not a cause. It's a calling. Your faith is everything. You, your faith is you. He is the author and the finisher of my faith. 
Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Disregarding its shame, and this is important, now he is seated in the place of honor besides, beside God's throne. So the author, he's like, hey, there's this tension. Sin is trying to lure you in. Your human tendencies, your human desires, just being a human, it's like, hey, you want control. You know you want it. And then the other side is God is like, no, 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 I want you to give me control. And this tension that is, that is happening, and in the midst of this tension, the author says, how do we run this race of faith? With endurance. He said, we turn our eyes to Jesus, who is the, that was we, who is the, come on at home, type it in, author. Jesus, we set our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Here's why I want my life to be in alignment with the author. And then we're done. First reason why I want my uh, why I want my faith to be in alignment, why I want my control to be in alignment with the author. Number one is because who knows a character better than the author? Nobody knows the character better than the one that actually took a pen. Well, it's probably like a keypad now. And typed it up. Said, this is what I want this character to be. This is what I want him to look like. This is what I want to instill inside of him. This is what I want his purpose to be. This is what I want her calling to be. And he's typing it. There is nobody that knows the character better than the author. Guess what? There is nobody that knows you better than the author. And if there's nobody that knows my story better, why am I trying to take control of that? If in fact the author knows best, why am I trying to say you got it wrong? If in fact the author knows best, why am I trying to say I actually like this better. So that's number one. Who knows the story and character better than the author? Here's the second reason why I want to be aligned with the author. is because the author, Jesus, subjected himself to the characterization of humanity. And he won. So this author, he's not just sitting behind a desk thinking, mm, if I was a human, what would I do? No. No. Scripture says that we do not have a high priest. The high priest is Jesus, a.k.a. the author. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with what you're going through. Why? Because in every way, he was tempted in the same way. And he didn't sin. 
So Jesus is now sitting at the right hand of God the Father, writing your story, not without any credit or not without any, uh, any background knowledge, but he's writing it through the lens of a human because he understands what, he understands the complexities and the idiosyncrasies of life. And he won. And the best part about that is if he won, and he's writing the characters, and he's writing the life stories, if he won, then in faith, he's writing you to win as well. If he won, you won. If he overcame, you can overcome. If, you can, if he could say no, you could say no. If he could surrender, you could surrender. He won. Guys, what if, what if, what if we could change the way that we seek control? What if we can change the way that we surrender control? What if we don't see it as restrictive? What if we see it as rewarding? Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.